just glad I got a camera to go fuzzy. Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of I Can Do This All Day. Dan, the part-time adventure. Over there is Mark, the resident Jedi. Hello there. Today we're going to talk about Dan's absolute favorite subject, music and movies. We're going to give you our top 10 absolute favorite songs uh, from an amalgamation of different films. And uh, just like Dan likes it, my list is all popular music. I'm really excited about this one. This is all popular music. And for those of you who don't know, I'm not a really big fan of that. And maybe the hypocrisy is just on steroids with this one, just because maybe I do like it. And I'm just calling bullshit out there. But uh, yeah, this episode is all about those awesome scenes in movies where there was a song playing and you just couldn't help but bop your head to it. Or maybe that song really touched you emotionally. And every time you hear that song, it makes you think of the movie or vice versa. But uh, I have a couple questions. So obviously, this is going to be a music centered episode. Uh, I'm sure that the viewers and listeners would want to know, what is your origin story when it comes to music? What is your musical background? I would call myself an eclectic music person I, uh, of the burning CD generation. Uh, had a gigantic catalog of CDs. I, I played an instrument for a good amount of time. Um, nothing cool. Um, and uh well, what yeah. were those instruments? I'm curious. I, I I played a trumpet, which is, you know, not cool. Though, apparently, if you're the New York Mets closer, very cool <clears throat> to rock some, <laughs> some horns. I've always been into a bunch of that and have always had, um, and, I, and I just ran across it the other day, like the fattest of iPods full to the brim of music. Like I was that person that had like 5,000 songs on them at one time. And a lot of the music we're talking about today rotated through, uh, um, you know, that uh, that playlist. Nice. What about you? Now, well, uh, for me, musical background, I also played the trumpet. I also played piano, uh, dabbled a little bit in some drums. I could play a little tiny bit of guitar, a little tiny bit. I could play uh, power chords. It was always interesting for me for music because I had so many different interests uh, and if I would have just stuck to one instrument, I probably would have been like really awesome. I was really good at trumpet, but then I just kind of, yeah, just, it didn't, it didn't stick with me. I, I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to play all the different instruments. I was always a big fan of the drums, so I, I would play a little bit of that, but yeah, I really enjoyed performing uh, on a few of the episodes I would talk about, uh, you know, there's no better feeling that performing in front of an audience and that is something that i do miss from the musical aspect but musical background i love music always played stuff on the radio on cds i would i would be that part of the the generation and demographic of people where they would hit play and record at the same time on a cassette player when a song came on the radio so yeah it's we we loved it and and it was always it was always playing in my room when i was doing homework hanging out with friends playing video games, whatever it was, there was always music playing. Unfortunately, in my adult life, it it kind of took a little bit of a regression as you can't be playing music all the time with babies trying to sleep. But uh, I've gotten a chance. I've gotten a chance to play a little bit more uh, working remotely and going on 
work trips where I'm driving, you know, a lot of windshield time. So, yeah, uh, I, I got a question for you, too. So, like, when it came to music, what was your first CD or first cassette that you remember getting? I remember my first or one of the first CDs I got was uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. So nice. two disc Smashing Pumpkins yeah. on that first, not the first, but my first like Sony Discman with no skip protection. If you sneezed, it took five minutes for to start playing again. Like we went from cassettes, which were no problem, to CDs, which looking back, totally impractical. Like, why didn't I just keep buying cassettes and just making my own mixtapes? But you had to have CDs because they were cool. Yeah. And uh, just a pain in the ass to play, especially moving anywhere. Like walking, you'd have to like hold it until you got the skip protection one. And then you were you're strutting, baby. Which it still skipped anyways. Let's it did. Be real. <laughs> it did. It did. And then iPods in college. When iPods and, and uh, the internet came together, I won't call any specific sites out. Um, but I, I took the blue pill and the red pill and filled that iPod, baby. Uh, for me, my first, I remember both of my, my first albums on cassette and CD. So the first one on cassette was Public Enemy, Fear of a Black Planet. Yes. Uh, and keep in mind, I was young when I got that because cassettes weren't around that much longer as we got older. So I got Public Enemy, Fear of the Black Planet. At the age of nine, maybe maybe even eight. I don't even yeah, remember. Boy. But it was oh god, such good music. Of course, I at the time I didn't understand the the power of the lyrics and, and voice of Chuck D, but uh I just liked the novelty of Flavor Flav and I loved the beats and the samples that they used. It was just slamming beats. So I was a big fan of that. And then my first CD was Nirvana Nevermind and Nirvana Unplugged in New York because I got both of them at the same time. Unplugged in New York might be the most underrated album of all time. My wife doesn't understand why it's so great. It is oh, awesome. Just the best. Just I was the listening best. to it. I have the Blu-ray somewhere. It's oh, nice. so awesome. Um, but I remember. Uh, uh, having like uh, uh, tapes that I shouldn't have had. I had like Doggy Style. I had yes. the first Sublime uh, cassette. Um, I think it was like Salt and Peppa back in the day. Have you? So took a quick time out. Have you ever heard uh, Patrick Stewart when he was on Saturday Night Live introducing them? No. It's so funny. You have to check it out. It's you have Patrick Stewart being Patrick Stewart, and they were the musical guest. And of course, in all his gravitas, Jean-Luc Picard type of you know projection, he's like, and now, ladies and gentlemen, salt and pepper. It's just so so funny. Uh, you should definitely check out that little clip. When it comes to music, I guess we should kind of go into uh into what the episode's all about. So it's a movie podcast, right? And music is a big part of movies. And so I just want to go down a list of honorable mentions because there's so many songs and so many movies that we've seen that we can't help but not mention some of these songs. So I'm just going to rattle off. Uh, we'll go kind of go back and forth. So sure. honorable mention uh, is going to be Post Malone, Sunflower from Into the Spider-Verse. I, I thought that was such an awesome song. It was just 
as the kids would say, it was a total vibe. You know, I, I it was a total became vibe. addicted to that song after that movie. You want to talk about a total vibe? I'm going to honorable mention the entire Baby Driver soundtrack. Mm. Couldn't pick a song. Didn't have the same visceral reaction for me that, that some of the movies on my list did, but that was a banger of a driving soundtrack. It was good. Now, could you imagine Baby Driver, instead of him having an iPod, he just had like a whole bunch of CDs that he had to keep on putting into the players and seeing if like, oh, no, no not this one. I, let me go to Ass Kicker Volume 4 and then... Well, he would have the he would have the 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 cassette thing up here, right? Yeah, or the the, the, the visor. But if he took too hard of a turn, all of them right into the passenger. It would have been <laughs> a cool like weaponizing the discs situation, right? True story. I was riding in the car with someone, and and he took the the guy took a sharp turn. At least three of his CDs came flying out of his visor out the window, oh. and uh, yeah, so that that definitely brought up some. So That's memories. when he switched to the giant book. Like people talk <laughs> about distracted driving now and texting and driving was dangerous. I had an encyclopedia, like an entire music library in my car and trying to go through that to find the right CD for the right moment. Oh no. Are you bigger than talking that. about double. something like this? The mark? double baby It was the double. It was like the, the 48 disc. I, I mean, I had a whole record oh, you- store. You oh, thought I'm talking I about came that one, baby. Prepared. Yes, sir. There we go. <clears throat> I like what... how all those discs have the original artwork on them and are in no way <laughs> uh, created in anything but uh, uh, an above-board way. We are allowed to make copies of our own CDs. We yes. just cannot distribute and sell them. It's just so. like getting video game ROMs. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, for me, the next one, and this might be debatable as to if this should be on the list, but uh, a little movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis. There was this particular scene and a song, uh, Una Cabeza, which is the, the True Lies Tango scene. Such a nice piece of music and perfect for that particular movie because it brought a little bit of sexiness, a little bit of humor. And yeah, who can forget that particular song in that scene? It's just so good. Classical music. I, I got you. None of mine's classical. Um, but uh, uh, speaking of classic, um, I tried to stay away. I've got a few honorable mentions I'm going to give you in a row right now because I tried to stay away from songs that were written specifically for the movie or as the name of the movie. So I'm going to give you um, three in a row here. Three in a row and two of them are Dolly. Or written by Dolly, right? So first one, nine to five. Made that entire movie, kicked it off great. And if you haven't seen that movie, it's a sleeper. It's really funny. Um, have you ever seen it? No. The, the original? Oh, dude. Definitely something your what, wife will love. Wait, it. when you say the original, there was a remake? No, just nine to five. Yeah, no. Okay. All no, right. Pour yourself <laughs> a cup like... of ambition. Check that, check that movie out. Uh, it is a terrible yet wonderful retro rewind. Uh, if we ever get really bored, um, then I'm going to say the Ray Parker Jr. classic Ghostbusters, which would not have been written if it wasn't for Ghostbusters. So I feel like it just it's not on my list. It could be on yours. It's not on mine. And lastly, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the number one song on the number one highest grossing 
and selling movie soundtrack of all time. A song written by Dolly Parton, but performed by Whitney Houston. I will always love you. Only because Kevin Costner said, you should listen to this Dolly Parton song. It's great. And then just boom. I did. I mean, that's definitely for sure uh, a song that deserves to be on, uh, or at least, you know, honorable mention, if not the list. But uh, funny enough, that wasn't my favorite song off of that movie. So, of course, it's the most memorable one. But it just um, didn't. I felt it didn't give the scene more when she's like it, it was it yeah. was kind of just a, a cliche scene it was a rip off of other movies that did a similar thing with a building ballad i yeah. mean it was whitney it's legendary but it just it wasn't on my list i'm biased you hate whitney houston i get it I, I get you it, know so <laughs> i just want to dance with somebody but not on my list oh. So this next one is a movie that I don't like and I don't quite understand all the hype, but oh my God, the song is such a banger and this guy is still playing it to this day in the same fashion. I'm talking about a little ditty called I Still Believe by Tim Capello from The Lost Boys. What movie and what artist is going to be shirtless and be playing the saxophone in such a sexy, awesome way than Tim Capello. I mean, how can this not be on the list? Meatloaf and Rocky Horror. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I feel you, but not on my list either. And I don't know how it made your honorable mention. Um, another honorable mention for me, the number two all-time selling movie soundtrack. I could not pick a singular song from it because I felt it would overshadow other scenes in it but basically the whole Forrest Gump soundtrack. Mm. Like it's funny, they, funny. They used music so well in that movie. They did. They did. But a lot of the songs that were in the movie weren't even on the soundtrack. So uh, it's funny that you say Forrest Gump because I just bought the Forrest Gump soundtrack from a thrift store, maybe less than a month ago. And this kind of goes the same for all CDs, but I was flipping through the tracks so quickly and it's just not the same, you know, like before when we didn't have Spotify or, or even yeah. YouTube, like we we wanted to listen to every song because we had to listen to every song. You only had 12, baby. That was yeah, it. But it was just like now to go through the Forrest Gump soundtrack. It took me less than 20 minutes. I was just ah. like, yep. OK, yep. No, nope, I don't really like that one. Go ahead. But I get it. It's it. They did use music in that movie very well. The soundtrack itself just kind of obviously they couldn't get yeah. all the the rights or the royalties oh, for man. all those That'd songs. Have been expensive. Another one that I have is uh, another fairly recent song, but it's from Trolls. Justin Chim- Justin Timberlake can't stop the feeling. And for all those Justin Timberlake haters, yeah, I don't care if you're a Britney fan, be a Britney fan, but. Justin's Justin. He is what he is, and that's a great song. Love mm. it. Uh, I think my next honorable, or uh, my next honorable mention, might be the Justin Timberlake of the late seventies and early eighties. Uh, could not pick one song by this artist, so just put him on the honorable mentions and went there. But I'm all right talking about the Danger Zone and all of the great Kenny Loggins movie music that's out there. Mm. Okay, the you know the you fant- love some Kenny Loggins. I met Footloose, hey. 
uh, Top Gun, I, Caddyshack. Like I really did so not like Footloose at all. The song, the movie, oh. yeah, not so much. Uh, the last one is another. Gosh, I can't even say it's recent because I think it was in 2005 or 2006, maybe a little bit later than that. But uh, Zombieland, the opening credits was Metallica for whom the bell tolls. That yeah. was just like a perfect song. And I love anytime they use a so- that particular song in a movie. But that one's definitely my favorite. I was in the movie theater just like pumped and psyched to watch the movie because it started off that way with Metallica. Yeah. It, it, it's that, that was a good use good use there i got one other just more general one i didn't want to pick one from it but um i went the the um the bond movies always had like a especially later on always had like an interesting song written for them and always had like a killer artist doing it right from from goldfinger to golden eye to all the new ones like they always have something that's good for like a month. So which was your do you have like a favorite Bond song? I I mean it's it's so it's it, if you say live and let die, I swear to God. No, not not Paul McCartney. Um okay. I, that, I, I by almost, the way, totally overrated. That song is totally overrated for a, a Bond movie. There's I think you gotta Bond go with songs. the OG, you gotta go with Goldfinger, man. Goldfinger is good. It's the original if, if from that one. All others are compared. One was that was like very surprising for me that I really liked was uh, Shirley Manson and Garbage's take on uh, The World Is Not Enough. That was like a really, really good song. And it was a very Bond-esque song. Keep in mind, there was like other songs that came out before that were good songs, but not necessarily Bond songs. Madonna uh, being one of them. Uh, Die Another Day, I think, was her song. Yeah, yeah that was and a little too like, poppy for me. Yeah, yeah, not a Bond song. Not a bad song, but not a Bond song. But yeah. No, no. Don't disagree with you on the, the Bond choices. So very, very good honorable mention. Lengthy I list got, can, I give you, can I give you two more from great... And, and, and I, I did discount a lot of 80s movies because I felt, I don't know, like Unchained Melody <laughs> and Ghost go together so well. And I'm just like... Not our genre, right? Kokomo was and 90s. Cocktail. Eh. Cocktail was 80s. Yeah. And then old time rock and roll in risky business. The Chicago ties, like the 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 Simpsons did it, but it just not in the top 10 for me. But these are the kind of things that I thought about, like scenes that were defined by the music in them and that just like viscerally you can remember. Well, I mean, if that was the that was the case for, you know, for the overall definition of everything, then, yeah, I think that would deserve to be on a list if we were looking at like, you know, uh, all encompassing on this episode. It's this is our podcast. So, yeah, buddy, whatever songs that we decide is what goes. If you don't like it. Sorry, listeners. If you don't like it, just download and play it when you're not awake. If you don't like it, just listen to the episode again. That's fine. That's it. I'll get. That's it. All right. Let's get into uh, to the the top ten list during the the history of this podcast. Music is a big part of movies, and I wanted to make sure that every one of these songs on my list I can do all day. Every one of these songs on my list is just putting you in to the movie or 
just making that movie just like ingrained in your brain every time you hear that song and vice versa. So, um, Mark, I'll give you the honors of doing your first pick uh, on your for your number 10. My number 10 is obscure and it's a cover, but it fits the movie and the scene so well that when you hear it, you just you can picture it. And I'll tell you the picture I see. I see a man in purple with a bowling ball. It's John Turturro. It is the Jesus. There's the uh, uh, ever so sensual licking scene. And, and the movie is the Big Lebowski. And the song is the Gypsy Kings cover of Hotel California. And it's such like that. that there's so many great music uses in the Big Lebowski but the layers on this song, it being an Eagles song and him hating the Eagles so much and it being his arch rival at the bowling alley. It just, it was, it was, it was just so good. And it's all I can think about when I either see John Turturro or hear that song. And they did use that song in Toy Story later. And I'm like, where's John Turturro? Does he make a cameo? <laughs> Is there a purple toy? My number 10 is going to be one of the most recent movies and also recent songs uh, on my entire list. Uh, and that is Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Florence and the Machine, Dog Days Are Gone. Such an awesome song. And I, I was emotional during that particular scene of the movie. And it was like, I was happy. I was sad. I was just overjoyed and, and kind of tears streaming down my face. I've talked about it before on the, the previous podcast that I actually saw that movie twice. And the second time I knew if I might get emotional, uh, I put my hood up. I had the 3d sunglasses or the 3d glasses on and yeah, but God, just a, a great song. And I think I'll always think of that. That movie, I think elevated that song because it was just like a perfect Perfect combination of things. It's a newer movie too. That's a very recent pick. That's daring. Yeah, yeah. It's well, daring. not many, not many movies make me emotional, and so that was one of the things that really stuck out to me. Is like I will always remember that, and I will always think about how awesome of a feeling that was while watching the movie. Oh, speaking of movies that make you emotional, my number nine song for the longest time was a ringtone for me kind of an anti-establishment ringtone in a song that uh, will forever live in commute history. Uh, and that is the Ghetto Boys, Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster from Office Space. Fantastic pick. I love that. I'm, I'm actually kind of bummed because I didn't think of that song or that movie, but you're absolutely right. It, it definitely deserves to be on that list. If I, if I could make a, a further amendment later on, maybe episode 200 i'll amend the list and put that on there it just makes you want it just gives that yeah i don't give a shit vibe like i want to play tetris <laughs> and eat cheetos that's funny <laughs> speaking of cheetos uh which has nothing to do with this next movie or this next <laughs> song but uh one of the staples of my childhood and one of the movies that i always would watch on repeat was the Karate Kid. And there was a ton of songs in Karate Kid. It was during the 80s, a lot of popular music being used. But one of my favorites that I will always think of, 
Uh, and it will remind me of the movie. And whenever I hear it on the radio, it's like, oh, this is such a banger is Bananarama's Cruel Summer. Such wow. an awesome song. Way better than Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer, by the way. But Bananarama, the three queens right there, just uh, kicking ass. And uh, that particular scene was memorable to me because Daniel's riding his bike to school and he's just trying to fit in. He's trying to avoid Johnny and the gang. And he he gets really close with Allie and he gets her phone number. And then what happens at the end of that scene? The boys end up uh, tripping him on the soccer field and he gets kicked off the soccer team or for the tryout or whatever it is. So just a I love that Banana Rabbit and bullying are so synonymous. <laughs> it's just uh, just memories, man. Memories are are perfect for that movie and uh nostalgia is always a kick for me so what about you what else you got um the next one for me uh it goes back to a movie that i used to watch a lot in my early 20s it was an angsty john cusack movie that came out in the uh very early 2000s and it's full of amazing music right and the movie's high fidelity um, <clears throat> there's arguably an entire soundtrack of awesome. One of the absolute best random uh, playlists I have downloaded on my phone on Spotify, because the great thing about Spotify is people who enjoy the movie will go and get the music that's not on the soundtrack and just put it chronologically. And it is an amazing like amalgamation of music in that, in that one, right? So many great songs, but the one that always sticks out for me is always kind of tongue in cheek. And it's not sung by the original artist. Another cover, two out of three so far, covers. Um, it's sung by um, the youngest Huxtable, Lisa Bonet, singing Peter fucking Frampton. It was uh, Baby, I Love You Way. But she does a cover in this, uh, in this club, and it just is this amazing scene that, it, it, yeah, love that movie. And then the next day he's playing it in his in his record store. So yeah, I don't know if you've seen High Fidelity or have the love that I do for it, but I would guess that some listeners do. I like other John Cusack movies better. I think we've had that conversation before too. But yeah, the uh, Gross Point Blank would is is my pick for a, a Cusack movie, and also another banging soundtrack. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. none of those songs made it to this particular list. But uh, fun on... fact about this song. Her daughter played the Cusack role in the remake of High Fidelity into a TV series. The next number on mine is going back to my uh, pre-emo angsty days in high school. Like I think this was just a couple years before in junior high. But uh, there was a comic book movie that was very dark and uh, tragically... Uh, the lead actor, Brandon Lee, passed away while shooting the movie uh, due to an unfortunate accident. But the transformation of the character of Eric Draven in The Crow had just this awesome song. And I knew exactly who it was when, once I heard that first note of the singer. And it was The Cure, Burn. And just a, a really cool superhero transformation, if you will. And that song just had really good music and it's just like a fantastic beat piano guitar riffs uh just really awesome sound to it number seven is from a comedy that we've reviewed for this podcast and a scene that 
always makes me laugh solely because of the music. Classic British comedy, uh, Shaun of the Dead, and it's Don't Stop Me Now by Queen for a zombie beaten scene. Like the perfect in time music for this scene. And I can't not hear that song and just think of cricket bats. Yeah, it was awesome. That I, that was my favorite part of that movie when I first saw it is uh, that particular scene because I didn't know what I was signing up for with that movie and I didn't get a lot of the nuances. But that scene was just like, what the fuck is going on? And I was just it's having amazing. a good time. Yeah. Oh, so good. My number seven is also a little bit of a retro song um, set in a movie in a retro time, but uh, it's a Disney movie and it was... Remember the Titans and the song, even though that entire that movie had like an awesome soundtrack overall, there was one yeah. song in particular that was really fantastic. And that was Ain't No Mountain High Enough by Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Farrell. And it was just uh, an awesome mood setting song. And then at the very end of the song, when they're doing the recap of everything was just like really cool where, you know, like they give the the updates on where everyone is. Uh, but yeah, love that song. We'll always think about Remember the Titans. And uh, when I think about Remember the Titans, I always think about that song. One of many amazing Disney sports movies. You wouldn't think, right? Like they started yeah. out making some pretty goony Kurt Russell uh, 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 sports movies in the 70s. But man, they really hit their stride with Miracle and uh and remember the titans and invincible like there's some solid disney sports movies my number six almost in the top five i just you can't think of this movie without thinking of this artist and i'm torn between songs so i just put the artist's name because there's two songs that are so synonymous with this movie that just are there um, and those two songs are Power of Love and Back in Time from Back to the Future. Yeah, that that is for sure. Just you think of Back to the Future and you can't help. But, and, you know, the songs themselves, if you heard it on the radio, like without seeing the movie, you'd be like, they're yeah, not as good. OK, they're not yeah, as good no, without Marty McFly. But in the context of the movie. And you're rooting for him as a character, and and that song just puts you in a good mood. Yeah, absolutely, I, I agree with that, and wholeheart wholeheartedly endorse your pick. Uh, so yeah, uh, awesome pick. Awesome. Fun pick. fact: Did you know Huey Lewis was in Back to the Future? You're just too damn loud, guys. Yeah, he too was too damn uh, loud. One of the judges, uh, while Marty was uh, what, what was his band's name? The Pinheads. That's what they were. So, yeah, right? the the Pinheads. While they yeah. were playing. Uh, back in time, or I think it was back in time, or trying to. I I can't remember which song it was, but yeah, it, it, that was funny that Huey Lewis was there. And Huey Lewis isn't he? Is he going deaf? Is that what's going on with he's, him? He's unable to continue to sing, which is sad. Uh, that is such a great like. This is the time when Huey Lewis should be playing small festivals that are easy to gain access to beer and bathrooms, so you could just kind of go for like almost free and just take in some nostalgic excellence. You're you brought the eighties back into the, the countdown. Oh, I bring I the eighties in a lot, baby. I will stick with the eighties. And there is a song that I was never a big fan of, uh, originally, 
but there's something that tipped the scales for me when it came to this, and it is Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone in Top Gun 1 and 2. The only reason as to why is because if we rewind, uh, we were watching Top Gun in preparation for the podcast, and and it was a dinner, uh, a family dinner, where we were watching the movie, and my wife did the infamous... Uh, misheard lyric and my son and I just started cracking up laughing and uh, then we went to go see Top Gun 2 my my son and I they play Danger Zone right off the bat and he starts cracking up which makes me crack up so it is a core memory uh, Kenny Loggins I'm sorry for the disrespect at the beginning but yes I will always enjoy this song and you are at number six on my list for for top songs and movies well- I love it. The next one for me is staying in the 80s, possibly the 70s. I'm not, I didn't look up the date, but man, it's an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, It comes from a movie that I know we both enjoy. A song that just gets you pumped up and ready to punch somebody in the face. Uh, (laughs) And that's Eye of the Tiger by Survivor from uh, the Rocky movie. uh, Rocky 3, I believe. But who didn't love Rocky beating the crap out of Clubber Lang. And who hasn't, uh, at some point, while engaged in some sport, had some old coach throw on some survivor in the background? Just gets you true. pumped up, baby. It just gets yeah. you pumped up. I'm not a fan of Eye of the Tiger. I have uh, I have a hate-hate relationship with Eye of the Tiger. Ooh. <laughs> but I respect the fact that you put it on there. Because, yeah, I mean, how can you not think of... You know, when you think of movie soundtracks and movie songs, yeah, you're absolutely going to think of yeah. Eye of the Tiger. I, I just, picked just... that over Gonna Fly now solely because of the lack of lyrics. Yeah. There's some great horn parts in Gonna Fly now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next pick for me is from a movie uh, that had some rules. And the first rule was you don't talk about Fight Club. And Fight Club with the pixies where is my mind at the end of the movie such a fantastic song and just totally puts you in the mood and uh yeah i will always be able to just put that on any time of the day whatever it is i'm doing i can put that song on it's just a fantastic song and i I love that movie even more because of it i'm gonna go completely the other side of emo dan and I'm gonna say I'm gonna pick a Beatles song, a Beatles song from movie that made us all want to take the day off, kick back, and have an adventure. And that's "Twist and Shout" from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The most unrealistic parade oh, ever. One hundred percent. But like, awesome. Just, just there are many parades in downtown Chicago. This one. Not in the school year, the German parade, right? Not in the school year, just completely all over the place with with logic. But man, to go from twisting to from darkest shame to to twist and shout to just amazingness. But how do you I, not sing along and love that? One of the best choreographed dance scenes in movies. Yeah, I do love that song just because of that movie. So it's it. Hats off to Matthew Broderick and his performance and. Uh, all those people in the parade that went along with that. All right. So I'm down to what? Number four, right? Number four. All right. So with number four, 
I've got something a little bit special for you. And I don't know if you're going to know this little bit. But there was a movie in the 80s with a certain action star, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And he was just going to the Kumite. And this song by Stan Bush, Fight to Survive. Oh, God, just listen to this for just a few seconds. Oh, my God, he's ready to fight. So ready to fight. But yeah, Bloodsport, one of my favorite action movies of all time and favorite martial arts movies. Uh, Of course, Jean-Claude Van Damme had some really campy movies after that and still continues to make some campy movies. But uh, tell me you don't love Bloodsport. Tell me. I will fight you if you don't. I mean, I, I I understand the niche of Bloodsport, but I'm not going to lie. I thought you were playing the Miami Vice soundtrack for a minute. I'm like, when do we get to TV here? It's that good that it, you think you're in paradise. That's why you thought that. So oh. Stan Bush wow. and that song, just fantastic. So good. We're at number three. Um, this is where you get into the visceral songs that make you think specifically of one scene over all scenes. And there's a really disturbing scene that my number three song goes to. And it is a early independent filmmaker with a bunch of dudes uh, wearing suits with interesting names and the launch of the career of Michael Mann. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Who? Hold on. What? 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 I just want you to repeat what you just said. Who did it? Who's created it, Launch? <laughs> I wish I had a needle. What did I say? Michael Mann. Oh, God. Whatever. <laughs> it's been a day. It's been a day. But I thought you were asking me who because of the because of the scene, because of the scene and the ear and the cutting in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, yeah, but uh, for the record, it is not Michael Mann. I know. So it's it's Michael Manson. Mm-hmm. Put some respect on his goddamn name uh, because he was such a fantastic actor in that movie. But yeah, Steeler's Wheel is stuck in the middle of you. Uh, just a really good fun video. And Michael Manson continues to live he does. and be a, be a good actor. He does. Showed he up does. in so many other Tarantino movies. Um, well, and who is Michael Mann? Michael Mann is the director of Heat. Oh, I didn't oh. even know that was a person. Yeah, I don't know Michael where I Mann. got that one from. Yeah, well, uh, I got to flood but... at least one name per podcast. It's in my contract. <laughs> but uh, my number three is also this song. So you so concur? Fit. Uh, absolutely uh, and but not with michael mann but michael madsen uh just a freaking psycho in that movie right i mean how fucked up do you have to be to just get so much pleasure from putting on a bubblegum pop song strutting around dancing around just tossing gasoline on someone about to burn them alive like how sick are you and how sick are we as an audience that we enjoy that scene and the song because of it I don't think this song lives on without that scene. No, I don't think it does. I would I can't say... remember. I would think that there was, this was used in other movies, but I can't remember of another movie that's used it as effectively and as memorable as this. I'd, I'd say all my top three have boosted sales of the song as if it was re-released, like just huge. I, I think that Steeler's Wheels 
has made so much money off of Reservoir Dogs. I hope so. I hope so. And it's not just the record label, but oh yeah, we'll see. Fucking record label. All right. So what what do you got for number two? Number two is an immortal gem in a movie that's got some great throwback music in it. But there's a certain scene in a certain car with a certain pair of people who are picking up their friends and going cruising. And it was just time for a little Bohemian Rhapsody, gentlemen. Mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go. Has a devil put aside for oh, God. Just, I remember oh, watching for this it. movie. Just wait for it. Oh, God. Everyone in the movie theater was also doing that. It was so oh, yeah. much fun. So it much so fun. great. It's so good and so popular that Mike Myers got in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie just to put in a line about nobody's going to ever put this in a movie and nobody's ever going to like it and nobody's yeah. ever going to listen to it. And oh, my God, one of the best scenes of Wayne's World, which is a gem of a movie. But how many people did that in their car? and continue to do that in their car. Yeah, if you still do that in your car, write to us, send us a video of that, and we will post it on our socials, put it on the next episode of the podcast. We want to celebrate you. We want to celebrate Queen. We want to celebrate Wayne's World uh, with the Bohemian Rhapsody. So awesome pick, my friend. Awesome, awesome pick. Uh, going down the list for me, so we both had uh, Stuck in the Middle with you, but uh, there is a song that that really, really touched me and uh, it really motivated me to be the best person that I could be uh, just to be able to overcome obstacles and tragedy in my life because when you listen to this song and watch this movie, you can never forget the events that happened and you will never forget who you love and you will always remember that there's no easy way out. Oh my gosh. Rocky Four. When you have, I think, what did he have a Lamborghini? Did did Rocky Balboa have a Lamborghini? I think it was a Lambo. So he hops in the Lambo. Apollo Creed tragically killed in the ring by Ivan Drago. And what does he do? He thinks about every single scene from his previous movies regardless if he was in them or not with Apollo. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he just continues to drive. But this is probably the best song and best montage in all of Rocky. I don't even know. I'm going to say this. I love this song. But I don't know if it's my favorite song from Rocky Four. Oh, come on. Get out of here. What, what? other song the scene possibly in the snow climbing the mountain no. no yeah no yeah no no easy way out and mm. there's no fucking way that there's another i song agree than to this. disagree there my friend oh my god uh, I i've got to say that while this was great it's not it for me and rocky man that's not it hearts oh. on fire strong oh. desire to be better god. than no easy way out Jeez, my ass is on fire just from listening to that bullshit. But oh, no, no, no easy, oh, no! no easy way out. That fine, <laughs> yell Drago at the top of a mountain. I don't oh. know how the fuck you're gonna get down because you're exhausted. But hey, whatever. Because my heart's um, on fire, baby. You're, I've got strong desire. 
<laughs> you do. You absolutely do. <laughs> mm. What what do you got oh. for, for your top of the list now, right? So my number one pick may be controversial, may not be recognized by many people. Um, hopefully it is. It's a very popular song. It was a popular song prior to, but reassociated this song for me specifically to this movie. And it is a great 2000s movie. There's a bus, there's a band, and there's Tiny Dancer. The Elton John classic. You got Kate Hudson as just uh, the the gorgeous, gorgeous person in that movie. And so many other people in that movie, too. But that Mm -hmm. bus scene was pretty awesome. Uh, You've got everyone kind of singing along. Just a lot of a lot of fun. And yeah, I... and everybody heard like off pitch a... singing <laughs> everywhere after this movie. But that is okay. It's uh, you know what? When you can sing with without a care, but everyone is joining with you on it, it's so much fun. And I, when I saw this movie, I thought that scene was so awesome. And I was always hoping that you know on the multiple trips that i would have on a bus with like other fellow band members uh, i wish we would have sang that song because it just would have been awesome but it also isn't the same thing as the the context of the movie you know i mean you hear it at weddings every now and then you get a little tiny dancer going a little bit a little bit but yeah great great solid pick for number one i think that's for sure you know like when you hear that song i always think about that bus scene uh for sure and but, I'm sure Elton John made a ton of money from that song being reignited into the pop culture arena. We are very lucky that we get a chance to see as many movies as we do. And we have the streaming services and uh, movies have just become so abundant, just like newspapers used to be, you know, <laughs> like uh, it's it's very fun for me to kind of just remember some of the struggles I had as as a kid trying to find ways to entertain myself. And now there really is no struggle. It's no struggle. just how entertained do you want to be? You know, that's that's how lucky we are right now. But uh, that brings me to my number one. And uh, I'm, in, I'm in the 80s again, man. I don't know what it is, but this is a movie that I saw multiple times on TV. Uh, I just recently watched it. Uh, as you know, fully intended without any Fox edits, you know, back in the day, it used to be called WFLD for anyone who lives in uh, Chicago or the Chicagoland area. But this movie is just ridiculous, but it's so much fun. And this song is just all, all the good feels and such a silly song too, but enjoy it so much. I'm talking about Starship. Nothing's going to stop us now. And the music video is all about the whole movie, essentially. But were you a a mannequin fan back in the day? No, no, (laughs) absolutely not. Oh, my God. I love this rom-com guy. You don't like I'm just never. No, just like Splash never hit for me. Mannequin never hit for me. Oh, gosh. It's such a fun movie. Such Whoa. a fun movie and uh, so, so ridiculous. But that song, do you like the song? The song is great. Oh, my gosh. 
So true story. Um, I was doing a virtual training for a group, and hang on, uh, hang on. I wait. I was just making sure that that your mannequin didn't move. Sorry. <laughs> I was uh, I was doing a virtual training for a group, and I had just listened to that song uh, before I went on the training, and so at the end of the meeting, uh, it went very well. I quoted this song. And it was just hilarious for like I got like a just an eruption of laughter and applause afterwards. It made me feel so good. Now I want to do that again. So the next major presentation that I I do, I'm I'm gonna weave in a little bit of Starship, and nothing's gonna stop us now. So oh man, oh man, music it's the best. Makes you feel good, makes you feel bad, makes you happy, makes you sad. It's it's fantastic. That rhymed. That was good. I can't I add know, anything I, to it because you're just I right. Didn't even, I didn't even plan that shit. Some of the, sometimes it just comes to me. I don't know. Oh, I man. black out. It's just, you should make a song about that. <clears throat> but for oh. anyone who is as big of music lovers as we are, uh, let us know if we missed something. I would love to hear it. Send us some messages on the socials, comments uh, below if you're watching it on YouTube or even on Spotify. But yeah. Whether it's for your listening pleasure or your viewing pleasure, we are here for you. But until next time, I'm Dan, the part-time adventure. That's Mark, the resident Jedi. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you really hated this podcast and think that we're wrong, if you hit subscribe three times, it, we actually get a neg. So go ahead, smash that subscribe three times and see what happens. Nothing's going to stop us now. We'll see you next time.